Hey guys, it's James from Dashboard Disciples. Um, sorry about this past week. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, so we're getting out this podcast to you a little bit later than normal, which is cool because now you'll get this week's episode plus next week's episode uh, only a couple of days later. I want to invite you to join our DVD club. You can do that by going to www.dashboarddisciples.godaddysites.com and uh, you click on the join the club and you can become one of our patrons for as little as $5 a month. Also go to our shop on the uh, website and you can see uh, t-shirts, hats, uh, mugs, uh, tumblers, everything that we're selling. Um, if you join the club, you'll get some from some free gifts and all that stuff goes towards helping us increase our reach in sharing um, all the information, all those book reviews and content for Dashboard Disciples. So. Um, do that. It'll help us out a lot. We really appreciate it, and we couldn't thank you enough for it. So again, that's www.dashboarddisciples.godaddysites.com. We have a pretty cool episode for you. We're talking about uh, Chapter 3 of uh, Francis Chan's Letters to the Church. Um, Matt and I get into a little bit of discussion um, about what it means to uh, be relevant and... Um, really be the church as the Bible has called us to be versus what culture or keeping a job um, demands of us. So hope you enjoy. Um, again, thank you for for, uh, for listening to Dashboard Disciples on Apple or Spotify or YouTube. And you can also check us out on our Facebook page. And if you join the club, you'll get access to our live recordings. Talk to you all later. Thanks. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. I've been really into my was it Michael is that Michael W. Smith? I don't know who that is. I don't know, man. But like early nineties Christian contemporary is like my jam right now. I don't care about Waymaker. I don't care about <laughs> the blessing. He just wants point of grace. <laughs> For those of you who are watching um, and will watch us or listen to us on our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts um, or YouTube. All right, so let's get into our podcast today. We are talking about, so we're still in Letters of the Church. Yeah, yeah. We are still in Letters of the Church by Francis Chan. Um, he is not our sponsor uh, yet. Um, I see you. <laughs> don't do based off the way he lives if he was a sponsor i don't know if he'd have much to give because <laughs> he's uh, he's, he's a simple guy <laughs> yeah. he really is a simple man and that's not a knock believe me i said i don't say there's a knock no we I talked s- about that on yeah. last podcast like. I, I say that i say that almost as like a form of respect to him because he's like he doesn't need the the mega church the Six-figure income, seven-figure income. He doesn't need all that. Honestly, Um, honestly. That's that's a blessing. We talked about that in one of our last podcasts, uh, or a few, maybe two podcasts ago, Uh where I'm like, man, like, I want to be like him when I grow up. I mean, (laughs) not like... I, to say I want to be like him when I grow up actually terrifies the heck out of me. <laughs> He's like, oh, let's just move to Asia. No, you know, deal. like, yeah, but but go. I want I want his level of faith, you know, <laughs> for sure. You know, and so I mean, 
Mad respect for Francis Chan. Francis Chan's not a man, he's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, we're in chapter three. This chapter is entitled The Order. The first thing that he kind of goes is um, he wants us to kind of take a look at our churches and like what are, are some, what are the commands of scripture and, and what are the expectations that people have. So uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how many hiring processes you have been through, processes, whatever, mm -hmm. um, but it, it's in, those are the interesting ones, be, those are interesting times because the expectations people have versus maybe what scripture is. I remember I went to an interview once and I, I was talking to a church and I think by the end of the meeting, I think it was very clear we were not on the same page ministerially, which was mm -hmm. a good thing because that meant, you know, they could continue their search, I could continue mine, and that's, and we parted ways and it was peaceful. It was mm -hmm. peaceful. Um, but that was a blessing because you got to see, um, you really got, I guess God kind of blessed me with, uh, with, uh, I guess, the foresight to, I guess, know what my philosophy and priorities are in ministry. And very quickly, you I don't know, from my view, I could very well quickly see uh, that they had some wild expectations mm -hmm. uh, for for whoever they were going to hire. They, they wanted um, one person, this particular example I'm thinking of, they wanted one person to be able to engage parents and youth and to do it with little volunteer support it was it was it was wild the the main volunteers that were for this youth ministry job were essentially people that just had graduated a few years before and were in college oh wow and so it was like and this particular church's youth setup uh they had bought a shopping strip that was next door to them because it was old or whatever, they transformed that into the youth room, and it was a completely separate building from the church. Mm. And so it was like, it was like, okay, I get what you're, I get what you guys are expecting, but it's like, are these kids actually part of the church? <laughs> and so, what was the ex? Like, there was the expectation was that the youth were going to go and be in their little place on the side, and the church, every and everyone at in the main church would be doing their own ministry where they were at. Mm -hmm. it, there was no cohesion together. It didn't feel like there was. And it was an unfortunate thing. The commit and then you and then you start reading about uh, some of the scriptures he dropped in this chapter. It was like, wow, that was uh, that's really different than what we see in a lot of today's churches. One of the fears I think that church culture or churches have is the is the very real fact that over the last couple hundred years church attendance and church allegiance mm -hmm. has has been rapidly declining yeah and so there is that very real fear of oh no what if the church doors close so that turns into this desire to be relevant, relevant yeah and if so and 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 this this is going back to what we're saying here and in the effort to be relevant we 
we speak to what we think will, will make that happen. Mm -hmm. And then after we get it done for, after we do it for a while, it very quickly becomes like what Jesus encountered in, in the Gospels. And he mm -hmm. talks about this where it, it was them washing, it was uh, the apostles not washing their hands. Mm -hmm. And the Pharisees were like, why are you doing that? As well, Jesus was like, that's not actually a commanded scripture, right? You know that, right? I'm paraphrasing more or less. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it, it, for them, it became what we now call today in some church circles, it became mm -hmm. a sacred cow. Yeah. Okay. It became something that was, that was, that wasn't important, or that was, that was a good idea, but it wasn't a command from Scripture. And mm -hmm. uh, it's unfortunate we, when we get there, because, uh, like, how in the world are we supposed to handle that? Because, like, say you are that new ministry, you're going into a new, a new, uh, a new place. And I don't even think necessarily you. You have to even necessarily be the, a minister going into it, but if you're just a new person at a church uh -huh. and you start noticing all these things, it's like, well, why do we do things like that? Why do we do think that? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? And you're just kind of there, like, like, okay, like, where is why? That's not even like scriptural. <laughs> like, I mean, it may be a good idea, but not necessarily no, scriptural. And so, uh, sacred cows, sacred cows are an interesting thing because how do you handle them? Do you try to change the culture to get those, to X those out? How do you handle that? That's a huge thing. So, you know, so we talk about these sacred cows. It's like, well, how do we get, how do we get past them? Or how do we, you know, what is a sacred cow, whatever. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it's, again, it's that need to be relevant. And it's that idea that I have to hold on to this lest I lose the interest of my audience. And in reality, the Holy Spirit doesn't need help. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Holy Spirit just, just does, it doesn't need our assistance with bells and whistles and lights and sounds and, yeah. and what's interesting or what's cool. Um, it, we just need, you know, the Holy, we just have to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. We have to get out of the way and do that. Now, that is both refreshing because it makes me feel like I don't have to stay up until three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. trying to come up with new cool ways to reach my audience yeah. I just have to do what the Lord is leading me to do um, and 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 react to the Holy Spirit you know whether that means you know that may mean changing from contemporary to hymns that may be that may be changing from hymns to contemporary sure that may what you know every church God has every church in every community God has designed to be for a specific reason a specific purpose you know, so what is what's going to work for one church it might not work for another. But God, you know, God might call a mega church to dissolve into a series of house churches. Yeah, you know, because that's what the Lord is leading. But anyway, so the next thing in that is, well, you what, can you can either go about it from this way. You can go about it from um, you you should be very like you said comforted by the fact of all that, like that. You can just get out of the way and be all that, and just let God be God in it. Uh, but it also it makes it then it, it also should, I guess, maybe it, it should put some pressure. I think it to a degree it can put some pressure on you too, because because then it inevitably leads to the conversations about those who aren't getting on board. 
who are willing to die with the sacred ships or sacred ships, sacred uh, cows and the, their expectations and all those things how do you handle that we got to realize that the church it really is truly a holy thing and it's a great mm -hmm. it's a great thing so holding and remembering what truly is sacred that's the unity of the church that's the uh, uh, what's what he what scripture has laid out uh, as essentials and as part of the church and mm -hmm. all those kind of things and so uh, this is what he says about handling with those who who are I guess who are the difficult ones I guess sort of to deal with maybe even the strong personalities in your church he says either people will be awed by the sacred or they will not if the sacred is not enough then it is clear that the spirit has not done a work in their lives if the sheep don't hear his voice let them walk away don't call out with your own voice I guess sort of what his approach is you know what life's too short if if things aren't working out then it's just like it's just like dude yeah you got you got to just quickly have the quick conversation have the hurtful conversation maybe mm -hmm. even and just let them go i can see areas where i agree with that but overall i kind of disagree with that but i also understand that i i could say that like if if I were to sit across the table from Francis Chan right now, his response to that would be, stop trying to play Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're not Jesus. Fascinating theological, uh, I guess, discussion is, is excommunication biblical? And I am among the opinion that yes, it is. And uh, now, <laughs> do, we, do we reach into that tool bag, into our tool bag and pull that hammer out every time? No, we don't, but we realize that there is a place for that. And uh, it, it's not that it's not that we have to do what, what the church had always has done, because uh, the whole tradition thing, we just got done talking about sacred cows and all that. Uh, but there are plenty of uh, examples in church history where, where the church had no problem excommunicating people. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they they were advocating for stuff that just flat out was heresy and all those kind of things now um, uh, I, I remember I remember that there were people there was a death in a church I was serving in um, and there was someone who wasn't even going to the church but did go to the church and know the family that was constantly like berating them mm -hmm. and uh, I remember we had that discussion you're like dude you need to protect the flock you need to get that person away and mm -hmm. um, and it was like yeah I guess you're right on that one and it was, it's not necessarily an excommunication because they weren't already there but they were definitely coming after your after the flock and so you had to stick up for them I really think that I really do think yes that there are times where you you have to just kind of have to say the rubber meets the road I think I think everyone is okay in theory with how Jesus says how to handle conflict you know go to the brother and if that doesn't work two three witnesses after that take it to the church but and then after that he even tells them Beyond, like, but no one ever wants to go to that last part. Yeah, and and I gotta say, like, I, that's where the main reason I think it's biblical that you, at some point you have to 
You have to treat them as if they were pagan, you know? Everyone wants to skip the first two steps and never do the last one. Yeah, we only want to do the third one. Yes. We only want to do, do the third one. Which is calling them out in front of everybody. Yes. To and embarrass them so that they can do number four on their own. And that is, for sure, and that is very, that's that's just flat out selfish. It is. And so you gotta, you, I mean, you got you got to be okay that excommunication is truly part of it. I mean, uh, it, this even went beyond excommunication, but mm-hmm. look at the example of Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. Not only were they kicked out of the church, they were flat out killed. Yeah. Like, like I mean, we have to okay, we have to like be okay with saying, dude, you are not. You you're are not, not in line with us. No, you're, you're not, not with us here. And this is yeah. No, and like I said, you know, so. Do you, finish, agree, do, do you agree with it in theory, well, but you hard you to, have a hard place of seeing it? In no, practice? well, well to, to finish the thought, at first glance, you I re, I would re, I read it and I was like, man, like that's harsh to 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 come up to somebody and just be like, dude, I've had enough, I, I give up essentially. Like, I mean, at least that's one viewpoint, right? Like, mm-hmm. dude, you are not getting it. I give up. Go find another church, you know. Like, go find another place because, pick up your ball, go home. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's to me. It's like, man, I, 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 I guess for me, on the original read, I turn it around, I look at it, and I'm like, man, what did I do wrong, as a minister, to not get through to this guy? And what Francis Chan is writing is, you didn't do anything wrong. Just. The person was met with the Holy Spirit and then went, no, I'm good. Yeah. You know, whether or not the person, you know, was it a, a, you know, whether it was subliminal or like, you know, unconscious or conscious um, encounter with the Holy Spirit, somewhere in this person's heart, they were encountered with the Holy Spirit and instead they said, no, I'm good. I want it my way. Yeah. And... There is nothing that that pastor or that that minister or that best friend could have done. It doesn't matter if they were a stranger, a brother, someone you've been walking in that church with for 25 years. You know, they they cho- they made their decision. And that is one of the hardest truths that a minister, I believe, has to face is when someone that they love has made a decision and that decision isn't with the flock. Yeah. I've never like I mean and I'm a young I'm a young minister, but I've never had to reach that point where I told someone you're not welcome here anymore. I've never had to get to that point because the reality is is that they end up leaving on their own and you don't yeah. have to have that conversation usually. In a sense I have had to make that decision before. Uh-huh. And it wasn't, and that person that left did leave on their own. Yeah. But it was that midnight, 9 p.m., whatever, in middle of the day prayer of, I should call them. Mm-hmm. I should call them. I should see how they're doing. I should, you know, I should reach out. And it was, it took every, and it actually it took a mentor, a mentor of mine to say, listen, this person has made their choice you know yeah like they have made their decision and it wasn't in line with um the spirit 
Yep. And and you have to let that go because that's what it was. Was the person had made a moral decision that was outside of the of what the, of what the congregation or what you know what I mean? Yeah. Of what we of what we and it was like I I want to save this person. So I need to reach out. I need to call. I need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I need to re-influence this person. And it was this mentor sitting me down and saying, listen, they made their decision. And in one sense, as just a human being, you need to respect it. For sure. And in another sense, you need to stop trying to play the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit couldn't change your heart, what makes you think you can? For sure. And so that's, so that, yeah, like, you know, so what do you do when those people aren't in, in awe they're not reverent. They're not following in love with Jesus the way you're hoping that they are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You you say, you say, well, well that's, what uh, it that's, is. That's, that's between you and the Lord. Yeah. So far, everything in the chapter, it's been very like, okay, this is what the church is doing wrong. I'm not, but he actually does get into the point where he is saying, okay, this is actually what it does look like. It's not just us harping on and lamenting how the, the current church of today is. He does want to point us back to Scripture and tell us how to handle uh, those kind of yeah, things. I mean, he goes into Acts chapter 2, uh, and the main verse that he shows, uh, that he goes to, is Acts chapter 2 and 42 through 47. Now, he... Um, 42 is the main one, and it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Now, it's almost, it's not almost, it's as if that is what Francis Chan values as truly what is the sacred in the in a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and first of all, to the apostles' teaching, meaning that, you know, God's word is is prime. It's essential. It's, it's at, should be at the heart of, of everything that we do. When I first read this part of the chapter, it's it almost it, it appealed to me almost like a foreign concept. Like I literally read that part and was like, that is no church I've ever been to. Every church that I've ever been to was like, you walk in the first time and oh, here's a brochure of all the ministries mm-hmm. that we have. Let me tell you how great our childcare is. Let me. Oh, oh, have you have you tried our coffee shop? You know, have you know, yeah. like, oh, let me tell you about the worship. Let me tell you about you know, the women's ministry is fire. You know, like, you know the the youth group man. Let me tell you about all the camps they've been to. The boys group. You know, yeah. and like, it's like this shopping center of faith. You know, that's every church I've been to. And when Francis Chan talked about. The intention, the, the intention of the church was to gather together and to seek the Lord's will. Mm-hmm. Um, that like that blew my mind. The church that I, I I I've experienced all over is I get to the church and I need I need to see what's in it for me. Yeah, you know, like totally. what's in it for me? Oh, this church doesn't have that good that good of childcare. Then I got to go to the church down the street. Um, because man, they have a great Awanas program. Or you you're know. completely anti social like the biggest selling point is that these people leave me alone. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 And it's like And what Francis Chan and he and he uses this this biblical reference in Acts where it's like 
the church didn't gather because oh well you know the child care was great yeah you know, oh because you know they have a great worship team they they gathered because they were literally seeking what God's next move was going to be mm -hmm. and how they were going to be involved in it they had such a fire from the resurrection just happening and the ascension just mm -hmm. happening and the amazing and, things it's like okay yeah what's God going to do next yeah and it's like that is what the part that in reading this chapter I was like I feel like we're missing that yeah we're, yeah. we're missing where we, we go to church because we were raised in that denomination mm -hmm. You know, not because we actually have this desire of like, I cannot wait to see what God does next, even if it doesn't benefit me. Yeah. Because to be honest, some of these people that were sitting at Pentecost, that were sitting in the early church, their prayer had nothing to do with whether or not it benefited them. Their prayer had nothing to do with, with whether or not they, um, whether or not they were going to to eat they didn't have anything to do with whether or not they were going to you know be healed of a, you know whatever you know what I mean yeah or or be financially better off mm -hmm. um it says it, it, yeah it's great. it says in there that everything was common among them yeah yeah it the the reason that they gathered together was to literally seek god's will and mm -hmm. say lord and because because many of them were sitting down and breaking bread together and then the next day dying yeah and before their faith he was talking about how how does the 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 uh, the communion affect you mm -hmm. like some people they they break into tears thinking about the lord's sacrifice yeah they uh other people are just in utter awe mm -hmm. he goes and in the early church you could kind of he's like he's like what what brought them closer together he he saw was this idea like that as they as together and they the table, they had to look around and see everyone that wasn't there, mm -hmm. that that had gone home with the father. Yeah, and that brought a love that that tightened the bond. Yeah, and and encouraged everyone else that the work wasn't done, and we're still seeking the next you know the next stage. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man. That is true church family. All that mattered was, are we living and are we seeking the, the will of the Lord? And that's what kept us in total awe yeah. of, of our love of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, guys, be the church. That's all you can say to a dude. Like, uh, uh, get into Acts, study it closely, look at what it says. Because, man, God has some things to tell you about it, about the, how the early church works yep. and how the church should be today. So, um, well, guys, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, don't forget, uh, share the, share all this, like all of it. Um, catch us up on Spotify, on YouTube, on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. YouTube yeah. and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and Apple Podcasts, yeah. All right. And, and so we'll see you guys next time. Adios, amigos. Bye.